<clears throat> my son is uh, working at uh, the Jewish Center downtown, <clears throat> and he's, um, he's going to be a director. Someday you'll see his uh, name. If you see Spielberg, you'll see Ruben Films. Um, please, God. Uh, so, uh, uh, and what, one of the things he's doing is he's getting a chance to meet Holocaust survivors, uh, which is really an amazing thing. There's aren't, there aren't very many left. Um, you know, anybody who's a Holocaust survivor uh, probably was a child during the Holocaust at this time. So they're all 80, 90 years old, um, and he's had the privilege of meeting some of them. Uh, he's uh, starting to interview some of them, get their stories like this on film so that we can remember, you know, what really happened. Because even though it's amazing to me to think that this is true, but there are people out there who think that the Holocaust never happened. There are people out there who think that the Holocaust was a fabrication of people's uh, minds, that it was, uh, it was all this uh, great theatrical thing that someone made stuff up and put pictures on pictures, and, and that there are people out there who are still propagating you know, this. Yet there are people you know, from my family, my wife's family, and probably anybody else who's Jewish or from Europe uh, were affected in some way, shape, or form uh, you know, by the Holocaust. And um, I think about her words, you know, like, you know, and I think about some of the, the trials and tribulations that you guys are going through, you know, even just today um, here at, at Tyrone School. And, you know, you, what she said is that her mom, as they were in a boxcar going to Auschwitz, which if you don't know anything about Auschwitz, that was like the deadliest of all the concentration camps. So as she's going to Auschwitz, her mom says to her, you know, they can take away everything, but they can't take away what's in here, right? They can't take away what goes into your head. And that's the same thing that goes with you, right? You can have people who are putting you down. You can have people who are putting down your vision and your career and your future and whether you could be a good chiropractor or whether you should take out more loans or whether you should start your own practice or not. You can have people putting down all kinds of stuff. But nobody can take away what's going into your head. And nobody can take it away. If you think you can do it, you can do it. But I guarantee you the opposite is true. If you think you can't, you can't. Right? So you got to, like she said, be very careful what you allow in here. Right? You need to, to be, have a police officer who is standing in front of your ears, not allowing stuff to go in that shouldn't go in. Right? Because there's so much negativity that is easily propagated on you guys. Whether it's from well-meaning people or not well-meaning people, whether it's from Facebook or YouTube, or the TV, or the radio, whether it's your best friends, or your parents, or your grandparents, there are well-meaning people that will try to steal your dreams. You know, when I decided I wanted to be a chiropractor, it was 1984, I was a junior, uh, in between a junior and senior year of uh, college, SUNY Albany in New York, and um, I decided I wanted to become a chiropractor after having asthma for 15 years and having go away in a couple of months worth of care. And I called my grandma, all excited, who was in Florida. I said, Grandma, I guess what? I decided to be a chiropractor. And she said, a what? And I said, a chiropractor. And she said, that's not a real doctor, because I was planning on being a, a real doctor. Um, she said, that's not a real doctor. And I said, I know, but, but this is what helped me, right? For 15 years, I've been going to real doctors, and chiropractic helped me in, in, in a couple of months. She said, if you're not going to be a real doctor, don't talk to me. And she hung up the phone. And she wouldn't talk to me all through chiropractic school. All through chiropractic school. 
And I was down here, like I was, I was in New York at that time. Now I'm down here in Georgia, and I, it wasn't that far to go to Florida to see my grandma, and I never visited her when I was in chiropractic school. She wouldn't even take my phone calls, right? Because she said, I want my grandson to be a real doctor and not a chiropractor. And finally, um, she, uh, I, I, when I was about to graduate, she called and she said, Drew, I want to tell you something, I was wrong. I was wrong. I should only celebrate whatever it is you want to do. And guess what happened a few months later? She died. Right? So I'm glad we made amends when we did. Right? But people like that will steal your dreams. Right? And my grandma didn't mean to, to try to steal my dreams, but she made me doubt myself. Right? And there are plenty of people in your life right now, whether they are teachers or friends or family or whatever, or the media for that matter, that are trying to steal your dreams. But nobody can take away what's in your mind. Right? What's in your mind is yours. You own it, and nobody can take that away from you. And you need to have that steadfast in your mind. And you need to have steadfast in your mind that you will make a difference. You know, so many of you come up to me during the course of time that I know you and I get the chance to talk to you, and, and a lot of you, some of the, the biggest doubts of it that you have to say is, how am I going to make a difference? Right? Why are people going to come to me? Someone's asked me just the other day, why are people going to come to me? Like, they can go to all these other camps. Why are they going to come to me? I'm a new person in town. Why would they come to me when I graduate? And I'm like, well, why not? Why shouldn't they come to you? Well, because I'm new and I'm experienced. You're not new and experienced. You're just as experienced as anybody else is. No, you're not. Like, you've been out practice for all these years. But, but you can make a difference. Right? One person can make a difference. And the idea is, is, that, is to understand how powerful you are. Look at... Going back to the Holocaust as an example, look at Oscar Schindler, right? I don't know how many of you guys know Oscar Schindler. You've, have you seen Schindler's List? If you haven't seen Schindler's List and you want a good, like, really unbelievable, Oscar-winning, Steven Spielberg movie, Schindler's List is a great, great movie. You will cry at the end, for sure. Um, but Schindler's List is an amazing movie. Oscar Schindler, a non-Jewish person working in Austria, saved 1,200 Jewish people by... He had a factory, and he, had the, these, he hid 1,200 people and had them work in his factory to make the things that he was making. And he saved 1,200 Jews. And at the end of Schindler's List, there is a, uh, a video that Steven Spielberg shot of all the people that have come from those 1,200. It's thousands of people that have come from those 1,200 people that one person saved. Right? And you say, how can I make a difference? Well, here's my challenge to you. You adjusted somebody today in clinic, maybe, or in your peak offices, right? And because of that adjustment, how do you know that now that person's life will be different and now maybe that woman who was going to be infertile isn't going to be infertile, but you had no idea that that one adjustment did that? Or how do you know that that one adjustment that guy was going to start developing asthma, and he didn't develop asthma, and he didn't die because of a sudden asthma attack, and that one adjustment changed it. How do you know? Right? Do you know? You have no idea. And how do you know that if that one woman, as an example, going back to that one, who was going to be infertile, and now she's fertile, and now she has a baby, and then that baby becomes a president of the United States, and you just affected a future president of the United States, do you have any idea how powerful your adjustments are? 
And yet you say, how can, how can I be successful? How can I make a difference? Every time you touch someone, you make a difference. Do you realize that? Every time you talk to someone, you make a difference. Right? Everything you do, you make a difference. And that doesn't mean that you actually have to physically work on them. You, you talk to them in restaurants. You talk to them at supermarkets. You talk to them at gas stations. Every single time you talk to someone, you are making a difference. Right? And that's why you really have to think about not only having a police about what goes into your own mind, but you also need to police what you're putting out into other people's minds. I hear some of the things you guys talk about, whether it's in the hallway or before class and stuff. And you know what? You really shouldn't be talking like that. Either A, about those people, or B, about those topics, or whatever it is. You just should monitor your language, because what you, what you say will come around and haunt you. Right? You put out negative, 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 and then you start complaining and say, well, why is everything so negative? Well, think about the stuff's coming out of your own mouth. Right? Think about this woman. She was beaten, tortured, God knows what happened. In a couple years in Auschwitz, does she talk about her negative experiences there with, with horror and disgust? She mentions them and she moves on. And she talks about how beautiful everything, how beautiful her life is, and how she's got these kids and these grandkids, right? And that, what was, what was she, did she say? She said, revenge was really great. I got these grandkids. That's my revenge. But what's even more important is what? Forgiveness, right? Are you gaining anything by, by dissing this person or dissing this group or dissing this faculty or dissing this or ranting on Facebook? Is there any gain you are receiving? Probably not. And that's what I want you to think about, is that the stuff that comes out of your mouth and the stuff that goes into your head, these are things that you really need to watch, right? Because those things will create your future. And if you look back at your past like this and you see a whole negative rant of stuff, then don't look forward and expect positivity, right? And if, if you are... If you are, are finding yourself in this negative kind of rant, then I'm going to suggest that you try to shift your mind like she did. Shift your mind to forgiveness. Shift your mind so that your greatest revenge, is Tony Robbins' quote, your greatest revenge will be success. That's what your greatest revenge will be. It won't be what you say on Facebook. It won't be what you go out and tweet or put on Instagram. Your greatest revenge will be success. And that's what you should work towards. <clears throat> is living a life like, God forbid, anybody ever has to experience anything that Miss Edith Egger went through. God forbid, right? Hopefully none of us will ever have to experience anything even close to that. Please, God. But we should live our life like this woman who's like 90-something years old and, has, and is still leaving a legacy, is still going into schools and working with the military and stuff. Shouldn't that be what we want to, like, I want to be her. What I said when Lisa and I watched this video last week after Palmer showed this to us, I said, I want to be her when I grow up. Right? I want to be Edith Egger when I grow up. So that when I am 90 years old, that I can look back with such joy and such love and such forgiveness, even though we've all been through stuff, but I can look back and be as positive and happy and still giving and loving and have all the faculties like she has. Right? That's my dream. That's my mission and that's why I'm telling, sharing this kind of stuff with you, because I want you to think about that too.